getting and shifting the perspective of what actually matters and measuring what matters. And is it the activity or the input, or is it actually the outcomes, the results and the impact that we produce and how we go about achieving them? Hi everybody, it's Marcy Bullock, the host of Wolfpack Career Chats, and welcome back to season six, Fresh from the Pack. This season, we will explore the exhilarating yet challenging path that recent graduates face. Being a human is hard and change is hard, and you are not alone as you embrace the inevitable struggles of leaving your undergrad days behind and creating a life you love. Welcome Wolfpack fans. Today, Justin Tomlin is here from Chicago. Hi, Justin. Hey, Marcy. Good to be with you today. It's so great to have you on the podcast. You've come back as a former student to class multiple times. Then we hit the pandemic and we haven't seen each other. And now a lot has changed. So catch our listeners up about who Justin Tomlin was, who he is now and where he's heading. Yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Excited to be back with you and and, and talking with the broader audience here as well. So I'm Justin Tomlin. I'm from born and raised in North Carolina, went to NC State, graduated in 2017, and have since moved on and and kind of built a career in HR and have been focused on a variety of different roles in that space, but also more holistically getting a greater appreciation for life in all of the, the different aspects that we can add impact through the way we live day to day, not just our work life, but in a variety of aspects of our lives. And I currently call Chicago home is where I'm at and currently based. But as as Marcy and I have, have talked about briefly, you know, I've been somewhat of a nomad over the past couple of years and experienced a variety of different places, both in the U.S. and beyond. And I really appreciate all the diversity of perspectives that's given me as well. We're going to dive in a little bit to that journey and all the places that you've been, but we won't get to hit on all of them because you told me it's 22 countries, so um, that would take longer. But I want to go back to when you came to NC State, what you thought you'd be next. I don't even say when I grow up anymore because there's lots of changes and what you are now and how did that change? Yeah, of course. So it's interesting to reflect back on my journey. So the county I was born in, it actually, so I feel like I had more cows than people as neighbors in the rural area that I I was raised in. Um, But it really came into NC State with this idea and this goal in mind of being an emergency room physician assistant. And so I came in and I switched majors. I was chemical engineering for a while, biochem, and then nutrition science is what I finally graduated in and decided, you know, that's actually not what what gave me energy. And, and I remember Googling what is the right answer for why I want to be a physician assistant. And I thought, if I'm having to Google the answer for this, I may not want to be a physician assistant. And so it, it prompted me to kind of explore different career paths. And so that's what led me to find a passion for helping other folks, right? And that's where I get a lot of my energy is helping others succeed. Um, but I realized I could do that beyond the medical field. And so that's where that's what landed me in the HR space. And yeah, I think that where I am today is working in the capacity of really creating a a more healthy, impactful, and accessible world of work is, is where I'm currently focused in democratizing that access to information and opportunity across all corners of the world through remote, flexible, and hybrid working arrangements is where I'm currently focused. That is a wonderful background. 
where you thought you want to help people, you had to Google it. That makes me laugh so much. Like, yeah, maybe this isn't the right path for me if I'm struggling to say why. And now you have this such an empowering and just like I could tell from you so vibrant when you share this health of the work world. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's it's so exciting. You know, I think for a long time, as you think about the world of work, location has played such a critical role in in folks having access to opportunity and information. Um, and you think about all of the impacts that's had on just just underserved communities um, and, and portions of our population. And so I think that's what really excites me and gets me out of the bed and keeps me going on this, um, the, the journey that we're on in the space of flexible work, because you know, location certainly matters. We're wired to connect at the end of the day as human beings and community matters. But I think it's this, uh, this revelation that's taking place that work is not the only source of impact, value, and meaning in life, right? It, it can be an important avenue. Um, and I think more personally in the first couple of years of my career, how much time and energy I did pour into it, but, but found myself out of balance and found that the intentionality and the quality of time I was spending at work mattered much more than the quantity and certainly the location that I was doing that. And so that, that you know, I, I'm happy to kind of expand more on that, but that's what it boils down to for me from a flexible work perspective is, is, this this real realization that intentionality is what really matters and the the reality that it is the quality of time that you're putting in and the results that you're producing. Um, and the fact that it's it's somewhat, you know, people talk about it as the future of work, but in a lot of ways, it's the future of living, of how do we create this portfolio um, of, you know, passions and, and impact areas and, and things that excite us um, and, and where we can add value to the world. Um, and, and I think the companies in particular, that get that right and see that providing that opportunity to their employees create such an environment of loyalty. And, you know, if, if you get that from your employer, this opportunity to build the life that you want um, in the space to do so, how much more you will pour into those organizations and ultimately create a more, you know, impactful world of work. Building the life that you want, that really resonates because I've heard some companies even not telling you how many vacation days you get now and just saying, listen, you can take off time whenever you want. And it sounds like that could be chaos and people wouldn't be working. Is that what your company does? And and why is that a good way to go? Yeah, of course. So I think that, you know, specific to my company, it, it's very much team level decisions, understanding that we, you know, my organization has 12,000 employees around the globe. And so the fact of the matter is that that size, one size cannot fit all. And so there's different, each team and each individual has unique needs. And so we really empower our teams to kind of come together and have those intentional conversations around balancing the personal, the business and the team needs. Um, you know, we are a business at the end of the day, all of us are employees and we're employed because we have a successful business. And so that's important to keep in mind. Um, it, but it really does come down to balancing that and, and you know, to the point of this, the unlimited vacation and things of that nature, those types of talking, you know, topics, 
getting and shifting the perspective of what actually matters and measuring what matters. And is it the activity or the input, or is it actually the outcomes, the results and the impact that we produce and how we go about achieving them, right? And so in line with our values in particular, it is something that we really put a lot of emphasis on. It is, it's not just what you achieve, it's also how you achieve it. That's really interesting. So maybe it's an old school way of thinking like you have to come in at eight, you leave at five, and you have to be sitting in this place where your boss can see you. How do you see the future? I mean, you say the future of work and life, um, but right now and where it's heading, has that changed? Yeah, I, I think it's been a, a tremendous shift, right? And I think it's in some ways it's a pendulum. Um, you know, with the pandemic changed things and ushered in about a decade or two of change um, in the world of work overnight. And it really caused us to rethink the way we work um, and how, when, and work, how, when, and where work best takes place. Um, and so I do, I think that there is a shift. And I think that you know, for me, there's a lot of debate right now around remote versus in office, and it can be a very contentious, heated topic. And I think that's where I try my hardest to get folks focused on. Absolutely, there are challenges. This is a change. One of our guiding principles actually is change is required in this journey. Um, and I think it does a, a you know, require new approaches and, and new ways of looking at this topic and, and how we come together and deliver as an organization. Um, but I think it it really does, you know, it, it is shifting a lot of the way the world thinks about work and the, and the integration between work and life. And I think that, you know, one thing in particular, as you talk about that eight to five and the balance of work-life balance versus work-life integration, it's hard to have the boundaries when you don't have those town time boundaries. Then I think that's where not only, you know, manager accountability and leader accountability, but personal accountability comes in too, is you have to be a manager of your own life and, and what you want and how much you're going to give give to the different components and responsibilities that you have um, and making sure that you have that open, honest conversation with the folks that you're engaging with from a business context. And I think you have been out around six years. So you're in a place now where you are global lead of flexible work. That sounds like such an interesting job title. So you're clearly in the camp of we can be flexible. We're not going to be rigid. But someone coming right out of school, they're starting their career off, they really want to impress their company, their boss. How do you actually set those boundaries without looking like you're not dedicated? Yeah, it's so it's a great question. I think that it comes down to that honest, open conversation, first and foremost, and getting an understanding of what matters to the leaders you're working for, right? Because what I've described in some of this conversation thus far, not everyone thinks that way, right? And again, it's a shift. And I've talked about this pendulum swinging between, you know, more remote friendly, more, you know, in office, you know, centric. And so the pendulum's going to keep swinging. But I think down the road, right, the way I see the future is a much more flexible type of work environment um, where people can build the build build work into what they want out of their lives. Um, but, but you know, for those early in career folks, I think it does. It comes down to that intentionality and I think delivering, right? It's not an excuse, right? And employees and individuals absolutely, you know, with this autonomy comes accountability. 
And so you have to take ownership of the work that you are delivering and your commitments and really understand that you do need to deliver on what you've committed and in producing the getting going back to again those results that impact in how you go about achieving them mattering most and have that conversation with the leaders you're working with to help them understand but I think approaching it from an open mind of trying to understand their point of view first is is a more productive way of approaching that conversation. Yeah, I like that I, I'm thinking of like a, a realistic kind of situation where let's say the result that you are expected to produce it just isn't realistic with your bandwidth you know you hear people saying like oh i've got this much capacity I would have to be working 60 hours a week to get this done. And I want to have things outside of work because that's important to me as well. Um, how do you have that conversation with your manager? I guess it's very unique to who the personalities are. It is. Yes, I definitely. It's funny because then I think that that's a, always a lens that you should take as you're seeking advice, including what I'm sharing in this conversation, right? You know your situation best. And so I'm say, I'm sharing my perspectives from my point of view, but your point of view is the most accurate. And so I think always keep that in mind. Um, but I, I think that, you know, in that example of when you are just overwhelmed, I think approaching it from the lens of let's solution this. Here's my dilemma. Here's my problem that I'm seeing, right? Help me understand how I should be doing things differently to drive the outcomes that I'm being asked to drive. And I've had that conversation throughout my career, right? Is I've laid out, I've tracked my time throughout a week. Here's where I spent my time. Help me be more effective. Help me be more efficient with the way I'm using my time to deliver the, these results and having that open conversation around prioritization. Uh, am I focused on the right things? Am I working the most eff effective ways that I can? Um, but really saying, let's, I've, I've looked at this and I've outlined different scenarios and I can't find a way <laughs> that I'm able to accomplish all that's being asked of me within these parameters that I've set. And so, but I think that too, that ultimately does come down to, you know, that expectation alignment. And if there is a misalignment, I think, it, it, and I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an early and career individual, right? Because there are going to be times you're not going to be able to find your perfect job right out of the gate. You know, at times you're not going to be able to find the perfect situation. But I think learning as you go through those situations and really identifying, and it takes time to understand this, but what are those values? What are those non-negotiables for you? Um, and helping, if you can't find it in your current opportunity, always keeping in mind so you can make informed decisions as you go forward through your future, future of your career through other opportunities. That is really helpful. I like the way you worded that about non-negotiables. What would your answer be to that as you think about where you are at this stage right now, the boundaries that you set? Yeah, of course. I think for me, you know, I think one thing in particular is this flexibility, like flexibility. And it makes sense that I've been flexible work and, you know, it's, it's more of an alignment than a you know, just happenstance. It, it, it's been very intentional that I've approached this and kind of landed in the space that I have through my career. But it is, it's that flexibility. And I think from 
the location perspective is really important for me. And I think that's where a lot of the world is, but I think in the future and even right now, it's the time flexibility that matters a lot, right? And, and the ability to step away in the middle of the day if I have something to attend to. And, you know, the ability to, again, shift that focus in having leadership that understands, let's measure what matters and that's the impact, the results, rather than the activity and how I'm getting it done. So, I mean, I think that for me is the ultimate, um, non-negotiable is having that flexibility. And I think I share that. I think that's a sentiment shared by a lot of the workforce right now. I think you're right. I, you know, I've said this to my, my coworkers that are, or maybe people are supervised to say, you know, if they want to tell me why they're not here for two hours because they had some GI distress and they want to get in the details and have me support them, it's fine. But I don't need to know that because sure. I trust you. Like y'all yep. just, you are adults. I trust you. And if you're not in a relationship like that, then that could be a red flag. Maybe, yep. you know, if you don't get that kind of trust to have the flexibility. Now, you talked earlier about this notion of like how we are wired for connection. And you're on Zoom in a two-dimensional world your whole day at work, right? At least eight hours. So what is that like and what advice do you have for someone entering that virtual space to be able to be successful? Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting because as the global lead of flexible work, I mean, to be honest, it's been a tough, you know, pill to swallow in some regards of understanding that there have been times where I have felt lonely throughout this journey. And especially as a more nomadic individual where I'm bouncing around to different locations, it can be hard to find that community and especially face-to-face -face community. Um, so I think that one of the shifts across society that I think we're seeing already, but especially over the future, you know, 20, next 20 years or so, is this idea that the majority of your friends come from your your colleagues, right? And I think it's this, again, getting back to giving folks the flexibility to build the life that they want um, and finding community and sources beyond their workspace and workplace. Um, so I think that's a big thing um, is thinking through you've got your work community, but you also have other, engage in your hobbies, find friends outside of work and in those healthy outlets that you can, you can engage with, um, I think is a really important part. And the virtual, virtual space is, I think it comes down to that intentionality, right, of my team comes together once per quarter, and we're very intentional. And I am a firm believer that, you know, four days every three months spent very intentionally relationship building, connecting with one another, understanding, working together to solve problems and set strategy is so much more impactful and yields so many more dividends than having to come in and just share space with someone for a certain X percentage of time. And, that, and that's where that intentionality is so key. And I personally did not like the work remote. So, I mean, and I work on a college campus where community is a big thing. So when we were teaching online, it was like my worst nightmare because I wanted to be in the room and see people's body language and, you know, really feel their presence. And so... I wasn't productive at home. I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm like, let me do the laundry. Let me walk the dog. Yep. And, and so if you were talking to someone entering this virtual space um, and they were worried about that, what, what tips would you give them? Yeah, of course. So I think that um, 
you know, and I appreciate you sharing that perspective because it's important to keep in mind that everyone is different. Going back to that one size fits all, right? For me, I just need a couple days every quarter. Some other folks, they need a couple days per week. There's some people need five days a week that they're engaging with their coworkers, right? And I think that's where from a business lens, there's power in the cross-functional connections, right? Your entire work team that you're working with day in, day, in, day out may not be aligned on that, but finding community with the folks who you are in close proximity with and building relationships there, I think can be an, a powerful source of that connection that people may be striving for. But I do to your point of kind of staying focused and productive. Um, it's interesting when you look at the research and by and large, and there's actually a big divide between employees and their perception of their productivity and managers perception of employees <laughs> being able to be productive, right? And there's a big gap. I think it's something like 10 or 20% of managers feel that their employees are productive at home and are working remotely. And then 80 to 90% of employees feel they're more productive in a home environment. So or a remote work environment. So that's an interesting perspective. But I do think those those getting structure where you need it as well. If you're in a situation where you're virtual, you're on Zoom, um, and, and that's your typical work um, work setup for the arrangement that you have, that structure matters a lot. And I think that there's some amount of, and there's tons of great research out there that we've learned throughout the pandemic when all of us had to be remote. It's not just a choice, we had to be remote. And those, you know, signaling, going for a walk to start your day to model a commute. Same thing at the evening. I, there for a while, was lighting a candle and that was my signal that my work time was on, right? That's when I needed to do the work. Um, but there is an amount of Again, that with autonomy comes accountability and, and holding yourself accountable and, and having accountability partners, right? And whether that's your manager, your coworkers, or friends um, to help you stay accountable um, are just a couple strategies that come to mind. Those are good strategies. And what you said, like, you know yourself, you know, if you, some of my students are like, I love online classes, I can rewind, I can take notes. And other people think, oh, that was the worst. I, I just, I want to be present in the room. And so I think through internships, students can test the waters out. And then if they get in a situation where it's not the right fit, then they can talk with their manager about making changes so that they can be contributing if they're in the right place. This has gone by fast, Justin. So in our last uh, question here, I'm going to throw it back to you to say, because I love your thoughts about happiness and the journey. Can you leave us with some of that Justin Tomlin, you know, inspiration that I love about you? Yeah, of course. Happy to. I mean, I think that I'm so blessed and thankful for the life that I've been able to lead and, and thankful for the folks, including you, Marcy, right, that have poured so much into me um, throughout my life and, and my career and my education. And, you know, I think that one thing that's become increasingly apparent to me is the power of intentionality and the power of being present. And you know, if I could coin this into a phrase, I would say that when we move too fast we see everything yet we see nothing, right? Mm. And what I mean by that is, as I think back through the opportunities and all of the travel that I've done and the experiences that I've had, I pause to reflect and say, was I truly present and appreciative of the opportunity that I was engaging with? And I, I, think, I think the answer is no, not all the time. Um, and I think that that's where for me, there's been parts of my life that I've been chasing a, a goal or a dream and 
this reality that, you know, happiness is not some magical place that you find at your goal's doorstep. Happiness is something that you create by fully engaging with the process to, to take you forward and just your day-to-day life. So, Yeah, that would be my parting piece of of wisdom. Um, And I know that's a culmination of all the wisdom and advice that's been shared with me. I love it. And I'm going to throw back your phrase that you use on your signature line. It is with an attitude of gratitude that I thank you for this conversation, Justin. Yes. And likewise, thank you so much for the time and having me on, Marcy. And thanks to the team for listening.